Hi, welcome to the cottage. We are a lively outpouring of an exciting adventure into God's riches and glories in Christ Jesus. We regularly work to activate an excitement for the kingdom of God as it is in the now until it comes into its fullness. We invite you to our sessions to explore the heights and depths of God's love in a fuller bandwidth. I'm Dr. Ken, the pastor of a small independent church seeking to return to the Lord's zeal in times where apathy and lethargy rule the day of the complacent. We try to shake things up and offer a temporary home as we travel this sod until we reach higher ground and connect into the everlasting life from above, here on the earth as it is in heaven. For more information, you can email us at thecottage at dken.cc. That is thecottage at dken.cc. Ah. Welcome back to the cottage. In this episode, we're going to begin our survey of Colossians 1.29 and looking at the goal whereinto Paul intended us to target as believers. We'll do Colossians chapter 1, verse 29. It's gold this morning. Colossians 1.29. We've been in the spiritual disciplines, and we actually haven't even gotten to them yet, because I really feel it's so important to tell you why they're important, and I really feel like that once you understand why you do them, that it's pretty easy for you to understand them. But to tell you what they are, and then you won't do them, so... Why do we do them? Why do we practice them? And many of them you probably do, and you don't even know it. We left off in uh, this morning's lesson in Sunday School, Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Absence. Paul is saying here, that it's amazing all that you're going through and all that you're suffering. And what did the Philippians are known for in their suffering? Paul says they rejoice. And again, they rejoice. And again, they, the joy. They, they have so much joy in their suffering. And it was a hallmark of the Philippian church. And he says, I'm not even there to push you along. And you're still doing I have left. And it's like Jesus and his parables. Like, I've gone, and I've gone to heaven, and now I've left it up to you. And the Philippians are just able to do. They're able to do so much. But he says, but how much more in my absence, what you should do is work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. This is a dicey topic in theology because there are some people that get crazy because they say, well, Paul never taught works righteousness. Well, my professor, as I've told you many times, says, no, he taught righteousness that works. <laughs> but Paul here is telling them to work out your own salvation. There's something for you to do. And we talked about that from 1 Timothy 4, 7, how we are to exercise thyself. That there's something for us to do. And I use the example of Friday night. God didn't come down here and cook all that food. Did he? We did it. But we say God did it. But God used us to do it. Same thing when they asked me about the parsonage. What are you going to do about the parsonage? I know God's going to do it. And then Karen's been working on it. Sherilyn's been working on it. The family, different ones, have been bringing this, that, and everything. And it's happening. But God is doing it. But he works through us because it says not only work out your own salvation, but it's for God which worketh in you. And they used Romans 8.28 to describe how God works together with those who work. 
It's both working. God using us. Why are we praying for these people? Because they need God. Will Billy see God tomorrow? I hope not. (laughs) I hope not. But is he going to see God? Yes, I hope he does. In his mother-in-law. In his wife. In those gathered around him. So I hope he does see God. You see what I'm saying? God will work with you to reach him. Because he can't see God right now. The God of this world has blinded him. So I do hope he sees God tomorrow. I hope he does. But God is working. You see what I'm saying? It's that paradox. And so I want to use Colossians 1.29 to really pull this out. I believe this one single verse, it's going to take a long time to unpack it. Okay? I don't believe that, this, that we can just take a second and read this like most people do when they read their Bible and skip over it and we're done. I don't think that we can... I think God's Word is so marvelous and majestic that sometimes we should take time even on drilling down on one single word. But we're going to take this verse. I want to just unpack it for you a little bit. Colossians 1.29 Whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. Okay? Now, let's just start with that first word. Does anybody know what whereunto means? Exactly. We need some help. So I'm going to the New English translation to understand. It's toward this goal. Paul says it's a goal. And I want you to get to that goal. I want you to get there toward this goal. Cheryl and I have a discussion why I like the ESV. This is not the ESV. This is the New English translation. I like all translations as long as it gets what God said originally in the Greek for us to understand. I choose whichever translation will get the Greek out. And it's not that one translation is better than the other. It's that the Greek is so marvelous that not one translation can get it right. Toward this goal. What is the goal? When we're talking about spiritual disciplines, I need to know the goal. We're trying to teach Richie that, right? The goal. (laughs) We get the ball in the goal. Soccer. Right? He played soccer at school. Understand the goal. Why does Richie need to get up? Because his, his, his uh, coach says, well, get up in the morning and jog. Do all this exercise. Do all this training that we talked about in Sunday school. Train, train, train. Why? Why do we do this? So Paul says, to reach something, to get somewhere. Where? Where are we going? We need to focus on where we're going. Where unto? Where unto are you going? Now you understand what the King James means. Where unto? Where are you going? You need to go. You need to know where you're going. Otherwise, you have to have a business meeting after church to decide where you're going to eat. <laughs> where unto? We don't know. Where are we eating today? Well, we've got to have a meeting and discuss it for two hours. Right? And then we'll go. Do we have a goal? A goal in mind. There's rules of soccer that don't work in football. Matter of fact, why do we call it football? I get in trouble all the time. My dad's a football player. But you don't use your feet. You don't want to use your feet because that means you only scored three points or you're punting. (laughs) 
You don't want to use your feet in football. Unless you're on defense, then you want them to use their feet. But anyway. Whereunto I also labor. Let's just stop and talk about it. Now we talked about some of this on Labor Day. And actually, that's what got me fired up about this. All the way back in Labor Day. And here we are at Thanksgiving. And I'm still caught on something God said in Labor Day. He catches me with this stuff and I just can't put it down. It just keeps running through my veins, running through my bones. And my brother's like, don't have him cook anything. I burn up a bunch of food. He's like, you know, I'm the, Jesus says whenever he comes to my house and going to eat, he says, well done. <laughs> That's what I do. I cook it well done. I'm an Old Testament scholar, you know. Burnt sacrifice. I've been chewing on this since Labor Day. You can go back to the Labor Day message and you'll get some of this. But I've been having this resonate with me all through as we've been going through these spiritual disciplines. And we haven't even got there yet. I'm giving you those because what's the goal of the disciplines? I need you to understand where you're going, where and to, that God wants to take you. So Paul is laboring here toward this goal. He knows he needs to pursue a goal, so what is he going to do? Labor. Now, did you labor or not? I don't think you did, or was I wild goose? Anyway, she's fortunate. She's fortunate all of her kids are like lightning fast coming out. My sister's... Um, Mother-in-law, how many hours was she with her husband? It's like, what are you all doing? How long does it take to have a baby? Mom's like, you just go to the hospital and, you know. The first, my sister was born. My dad had worked. He comes home, worked, ready to eat. And her parents are there. She cooked the food and everything, right? Yes. Cooked everything. And it's like, oh my goodness. And it's like, they didn't even get to eat the food. They go to the hospital. The nurse told my dad, says, you go home. This takes forever. You go home and eat. You, it, it, probably going to be tomorrow morning. So he went back home. She cooked all that food. Why let it go to waste? Barely he's there and the baby came. <laughs> Do we labor? Do we labor? Well, what does it mean by labor? Am I in trouble? The Greek. Toil. Labor. Toil. Intense. Let's go to the biblical sense lexicon. This is the sense behind this word used here. Because they can use the word differently in different ways. But here Paul means to do wearisome labor. Or labor unto extreme fatigue. This is not something that he's just like, I'll go to church once on Sunday morning, that's good enough for me. Or I don't even have to go to church anymore, right? No, this is something he is pouring into. This goal is so important that he's going to throw everything he's got inside of him. Like you did Friday night. When you got home Friday night, my mother, were you tired or what? You put some extreme labor into Friday night, did you not? I know Sherilyn must have been tired. Did you get any sleep Friday night? That's a labor. He goes on to say striving. Labor wasn't good enough. He says, I'm striving. Striving. What's the Greek word for striving? Does anybody recognize that there? That's where we get our English word agony. It's a struggle. It's an agony. I w- it's so hard. Preacher, Paul says in, first, in Colossians chapter 1, verse 29, that this goal is that hard? I thought it was just grace. 
We have watered the gospel down. That's like we take a tea bag and just kind of run it through there a little bit, just to give a little taste, you know, and we'll save the tea bag for another meal. There's no strength to our gospel. We have taught people that, the, that Jesus is so easy that you don't have to go to church. That all you have to do is say this 30 second prayer and get wet once and you're going to heaven and you don't ever need to do anything else. And Paul says, the goal I'm after, man, it's such a toil. It's such a labor. I'm striving. I'm in agony because I want to get this goal. And the rest of them, well, you know. The most expensive thing you'll ever have in your life that you put more of all of your resources in is a child. And Paul called those believers to which he discipled his children in the gospel. You can't just have a baby and that's it. (laughs) That's the new system. My parents aren't into that. The new system where you have babies and you give them to your parents and their grandparents, but now their parents again are raising your children for you. That's not how it works in the Bible. That's not what the biblical way was. He's in agony. The sense here, it's a strain, it's a fight. He's using a military term here. This is a military term. Fight! To exert much effort or energy in something. Because he does engaging in a fight or contest. We were in 1 Timothy 4-7 for Sunday school. We were talking about being in a gym training for battle. He is talking about a fight that he has to undergo. To reach the goal. And we don't even understand that we're at war. We have lost the teeth to the gospel. We're in a battle. She's in a battle. Why? Because her daughter has to take Billy tomorrow to the hospital. They're in a battle. It's a fight! We're all looking to prayer Come on, wake up! It is a fight! We've had it so easy for so long that we didn't realize Genesis, back to Genesis chapter 3, verse 19. He says, In the sweat of thy face thou shalt eat bread till thou return to the ground, for out of it thou wilt take it, for thou art dust, and unto dust thou shalt return. Adam had to go out, and he had to labor and toil with the soil. It was a fight. God, he breathed his life into the mud, and we got Adam. And he tried to send Adam out. He sent Adam out to produce through labor. Farmers produce. I don't get to see my uncle Frank very often. Why? He's a farmer. Farmers don't work 40 hours. (laughs) Get holidays off. He's a farmer. It's toil. It's a labor. Adam was sent to go back out to that earth and to make something from it. The toil. It was a fight to get that ground to produce something. We went through John 15. I want to remind you of it. We went all through John 15. 
go back to those messages. Abide in me and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. We abide in Christ. And Christ works through us. And we produce out of our excess, we produce fruit. She's in a vow that she's going to produce fruit for her daughter. To give strength to her daughter. To give strength that her and the daughter are going to produce fruit to give strength to Billy. To get through the situation But they are going to take it from Jesus. It's coming from Christ. It's not our work. It's He working through us to reach the village who somehow are disconnected from the God. People can't understand. I thought everybody in America is a Christian. When they saw Portland on the news, they're like, what are you people doing? Ferguson? I thought America was the land of Christians. What happened? What happened? Again, John 15, 5, the next verse. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing, which means with me, you can do everything. But you're going to face the sun, the drought, the storms, the rain. The goats eating your leaves. Yeah, the goats are going to come up and steal your stuff. I told him in Sunday school. My father-in-law had to come back to the village. There's some problem in the family. He's trying to do some paperwork. We're praying that things are going to get good news tomorrow. And Jubilee can't eat junk food. So the, my father-in-law was bringing a bunch of stuff from the village. He had a whole... Gunny sack, what are you, potato sack, burlap sack, big old thing full of oranges, and he had a bunch of milk. And Jubilee can now have milk. The doctor says you can have milk, so he's bringing milk from the buffaloes. Put it on the bus and came, and when they got it down, somebody had eaten. The people sitting on the bus, the bus is overloaded. People were all up on the top. They had a party all the way, all day long, eating all those onions and drinking all that milk. They got the bag down, it was just uh, orange peel. All that work to get all that stuff, to bring it, to give it to Jubilee and give it to the rest of the family. All that labor and somebody else will eat. It's a battle. It is a battle. He's constantly using, I don't know, all kinds of equipment, Frank, to, to battle the ground again, to produce something, to feed the world. It's a battle. Apart from me, you can do nothing, but with me, you can bear fruit. You can bear fruit. What's he say in verse 7? We're still in John 15. If you abide in me, if you abide in me and my words, my words abide in you, ask whatever you listen and it will be done to you. Ask what you will and it will be done. Through our connection with Christ. But it's so hard to be connected to Christ because there's so much stuff in this world attacking us that wants to pull us away. We're in a battle. They don't want to be here because they've been fallen in the back. They've been in prison. And the enemy is trying to get you out of here too. We're in a battle. 
Somebody said, all those wonderful people that were there Friday night, where are they at today? It's a battle. It's a battle. And then he says, without me, you can do nothing. And that's what they're out there doing right now, nothing. But with me, you can do all things. Verse 8, herein is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you shall be my disciples. How is God glorified? How? Jesus taught us right here. How is God glorified? When we bear much fruit. No matter what's going on, we bear. How in the world do you expect me to bear fruit? Because you're plugged in with Jesus. That's simple. Because tomorrow we're going to be plugged in with Jesus. Jesus will be at that hospital. Mm -hmm. Why? That you bear much fruit. That's what disciples do. We get to work and we bear fruit. But somehow the American church decided they all wanted to retire from Christianity. And so now we have all these situations going on. And people in the news outside of America can't figure out what's going on. They can't figure out what happened to America. Colossians chapter 1, verse 9. For this cause we also, since the day we heard, do not cease to pray for you and desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Paul is saying, this is my desire for you. This is earlier. We're backing up to get the gist of what Paul means. To understand verse 29, we kind of got to back up and see what Paul's getting at. So I went back to verse 9. This is what Paul does not cease to pray for the Colossians. He does not cease to pray for them so that they might, his desire, the desire that they might be filled with the knowledge of Christ and wisdom and spiritual understanding. In other words, practice these spiritual disciplines. Get into God's word, connect with Christ, do whatever it takes. The spiritual disciplines are all those things, prayer, fasting, whatever it takes to get you and Jesus on the same page. That you see Jesus, not on Sunday morning, but you see him every morning. <laughs> you see him at Schnucks at the gas station. You see him everywhere. That you want to put down that remote and pick up your Bible and see Jesus. That's what we want. It's hard for me. I would, <laughs> I'm with my nephew Randy. I'd love to have a testimony. I'd be a mess of that. Because I just say, okay, you get me home. All right, Lord, what do we got I just want to spend time with Jesus. The problem is I don't have a testimony. And if I do that, I will be for Jesus. So I can't do that either. I <laughs> won't have an accident. Verse 10. Walk, walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. He wants us to increase in knowledge of God. How do you do that? By spending more time Spend more time with him. That's how you increase in the knowledge of God. Whatever it is you're doing, find a way to do it with Jesus. That's how you know someone loves you. They find a way to do whatever they love 
No. Let me rephrase that. They find a way to do whatever they're doing with their health. They find a way to spend more time with their love, doing whatever they got to do. Verses 11 through 13. Strengthen with all might. It's a fight. Where are you going to get this strength? You're going to get it from Christ. Strengthen with all might. According to his glorious power. Not your power. You don't have any power. Therefore, you be strengthened with all his power. Unto all patience and... Oh. Long suffering. That's in our Bible. These are the verses we don't read. <laughs> we don't want to read these verses. Long suffering. With joyfulness. Glory to God. What are you talking about? I'm supposed to have joy. I got all this stuff going on. We didn't understand what long suffering was until we had to suffer long. <laughs> and then we got caught up with the rest of the world who's been doing it all this time. Giving thanks. Oh, here we go. Happy Thanksgiving. Giving thanks. Woo! In long suffering, I'm supposed to give thanks? Giving thanks unto the Father. Just what we read in Psalm 13. Just what we say. The soon, which hath made us meet to be partakers. Are you partaking of him? Of the inheritance of saints in the light. I know what you got coming in Jesus. And I know what's up there because I read it in my Bible. But he's saying you can have some of that now. You can have some heaven on earth now. I know you're long suffering, but bring a heaven in that hospital tomorrow. Woo, glory to God. Let them doctors know that all of heaven is praying. And Jesus, my Lord, is praying. And the Holy Ghost is praying. And they're all the Father. We're in this. Let them know. Let them know. Partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. We got all this darkness and be the light. Shine, baby, shine. Who hath delivered us? He has delivered us from the powers of darkness. We are now children of the light. And hath translated us from the into the kingdom of his dear son. And now Jesus rules. And that's what we need to experience. That's what we need to experience. Oh, grace. God's grace. Wonderful grace. 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15 right there. I guess you can't see it very well. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. Whew! Paul says, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And His grace toward me was not in vain. Is God's grace toward you not in vain? I hope it's not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is within me. 1 Corinthians 15.10 Did you get that? I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is within me. All this talk about works versus grace. Now they are together in the same place in 1 Corinthians 15 10. Paul said, I'm not doing this. I'm dead. I died with Jesus on the cross. He's doing this through me by the Holy Ghost. Every day, Paul just laid himself before the throne of God and says, Today is your day. Every day, Jesus is like, I gotta get home and be with the Father. And he disappeared in the clouds. 
I got to be with the Father. Jesus. Jesus is gone with the Father all the time praying. And we think we can get by without praying. How do we do it? They're not here today because why? They didn't get by because we taught them the wrong gospel. We didn't teach them the gospel that Jesus had to pray. 2 Corinthians 3, verses 4 through 6. And such trust we have through Christ to God were not that we are sufficient. I want to make sure that you understand this. Paul gets it. He says, not me, it's the grace of God in me, in 1 Corinthians 15. He's now saying, I'm not sufficient. You definitely aren't sufficient for the law. You're not expected to be sufficient for the law. Because you're not going to do it. Not that we're sufficient of ourselves to think anything of ourselves. No, I hope you don't think anything of yourself. We put too much emphasis on ourselves. What I'm going through. But our sufficiency is of God. Stop looking at yourself. Start looking at me. You and God, that's all right. You don't have to have it. You just got to have him. He's got everything. Some people like to talk to God to ask him for stuff. I just like to talk to God to have God when the stuff just comes along with him. What are you doing about the Martians? I don't know. God will take care of it. I'm just after God. We'll still have Martians to do about And he has. Who has made us able ministers? He's talking to all of us. We are all able ministers because God does. God is doing this. I'm not asking you to do anything. As a matter of fact, I don't want you to do anything. But I want you to get a hold of Jesus so Jesus will use you to do all kinds of stuff. It's not our works that is righteousness. His righteousness it causes His works to come through us. The New Testament. New Testament, not of the letter. Huh. We tried the letter, it didn't work. We tried the rules. We tried to beat people with the rules. And you can't do this, and you can't do that, and you can't, and you can't, and you can't. And so they, they figured out that the church is all about what we can't do, and they can't. They decided not to even come to church anymore because there's nothing to do. You know, it's like the, the internet. You can't drink coffee, right? It's bad for you. You can't drink the water because there's something in the water. And you can't breathe the air because it's polluted. <laughs> what are you supposed to do? <laughs> That's all we talk about is what you can't do. Nobody talks about what you can't do. No, do it by the Spirit. We got to do it by the Spirit. That's what the dis spiritual disciplines are all about. Preparing you like the military prepares its soldiers so they know exactly what to do and when to do it whenever they're needed. We pray to God the military isn't needed. We don't want them to be needed. But if they're ever needed, man, they're ready to go. Like the scouts. Ready to go. Love the Girl Scouts. Love the Girl Scouts. No, I was not in the Girl Scouts. We didn't do that back then. Did they do that now? Anyway. Well, my sister was. And because my sister was, my mother was. And because my mother was, we got cookies. I mean, come on. I got cookies. Hello, Girl Scouts. They're awesome. I got cookies. Huh? They went to Six Flags. You know what? If they went to Six Flags, guess what? I have to go to Six Flags. 
I still never figured out who got more fun out of the, out of the screaming eagle. Is it her or me? My mother got so much joy out of the screaming eagle. I said, my Lord, I thought she wanted to write it more than I did. Come on, we're running the screaming eagle. <laughs> Woo, glory to God, I love them Girl Scouts. What do Scouts teach you? Be prepared and go do something. Do the Scouts even exist anymore? Is it all online where we just play games now? The letter kills. The letter says you can't. The letter says you can't. The letter kills. The rules tell you. And the ruler says, let's get up and do something. The spirit. What? The spirit gives life. The letter says what you can't do. The spirit says what you can. You give life. Woo! Glory to God. We're going to have some life. Are you having life? Are you experiencing life? Glory to God, are you experiencing life? Because if you're not living, you're missing what Christ has for you. I pray you got life. I know we have fun, Jerry, but I'm not after the letter. I don't care what letters we put on the page. What I want is the Holy Ghost to get a hold of us and for us to experience the life that Jesus always intended. The life that Jesus died for. That's what I want. I want the life that Jesus died for that we should experience. John 10, 10 says, The thief comes not but to steal, to kill, and destroy. Jesus in John 10 was not talking about Satan. He was talking about the Pharisees who put all these rules on people that they didn't know what, we can't eat this, and we can't do that, and we can't, and we can't. And they killed what God had wanted to happen after Moses. And Jesus said, But I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. I want you to experience this life. I don't want the letter of the law to be a bunch of rules. I want you to be so caught up in the ruler that he will lead you and guide you into all these wonderful things that you can do. I'm not concerned about what letters you see on the page. I'm concerned who you see Jesus. The Pharisees searched the scriptures back and forth looking for when the Messiah was coming. Is he coming anyway? He's going to come what? They, and they couldn't find him. They were lost. John 5 says they were lost. Looking, looking, they could not find him. Search the scriptures day and night, and they could not find Jesus. And I'm right here. I'm standing in front of you. And I've come to give you life. When are you going to get out of the face and experience life? I come to give you more abundant life. But you're going to kill me because of the letters. Because you're going to get a product in your own. Deuteronomy 13 says, if someone's coming, you've got to kill him. Deuteronomy 18 says, Someone said, We gotta kill. So we kill. And the letter kills. And they use the Bible to kill Jesus. And so many Christians have used the Bible to kill the work of God in someone else's life. When God is trying to reach them. And it's time we stop killing with the letter. And it's time we start living by the Spirit. And be the Bible that God wanted us to be. They're not reading the Bible, they're reading us. And because they read us, they didn't want to come with it. That's sad. Let's show them the Jesus that Jesus always did. Let's start living. Father, we thank you for the life that you are in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Mm. The letter kills. 
but there's a life. That was the goal that Paul was after. Paul wanted to live this life. He wanted to experience Jesus in every person. He didn't meet a person that he didn't come across, that he didn't see Jesus inside of them, and he wanted to fill them up with that Jesus. He said, I believe Jesus can come in you and change your life. There wasn't a person he could not see you inside of. And he tried his ever best to preach to everyone to get Jesus inside of him. That was his goal, to go after you with full, reckless abandon. He didn't care about letters. He only cared about what the Spirit wanted to do in bringing Jesus in every situation. Help us, Father, to bring Christ to this world, to bring Christ this week as we celebrate Thanksgiving and the giving of your life on the cross. And we're so thankful that you died for us, but you also died for everyone else whom we will see this week. Family members we haven't seen. Maybe there's some family members that we're fighting with and we need to get right with. There's enough already hatred in this world. We just need to love our family members. There's many people not here today. We remember them. Some are with you. Some couldn't make it for whatever reason because they're fighting. Others haven't come yet because they haven't been invited yet. Help us to fill this house of yours by filling souls with Jesus this Thanksgiving. The greatest gift that we could give anybody and the greatest thanks we could give to you is causing heaven to celebrate when one sinner repents. And let's see that we give Christ to everyone that we come in contact with. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. We hope you enjoyed this broadcast. You can find out more about us at dken.cc. That's D-K-E-N dot C-C. We look forward to seeing you next time. God bless you.